you set foot on foreign soil. Only this land isn't ruled by any country or government. In this land we celebrate music. In this land we celebrate games. In this land we celebrate those who compose video game music. Welcome to the VG Embassy. Embassy. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of the VG Embassy. This is a show centered around video game music and the amazing online community of fans and podcasters that enjoy it. My name's Ed, and on each episode, I'll take the role of Prime VGM Minister and invite a guest VG Ambassador onto the show to share with us their own video game music culture. Or I may share a part of my culture on a solo show. This is episode 98, getting so, so close to our episode 100 celebration. And it's a long time coming. We've got another blind listen. It's been, I think episode 79 was the last time we did a blind listen with uh, Joe. We listened to the Burn Cycle soundtrack, which was a lot of fun. With me today is longtime fan, longtime supporter, longtime friend, Cam Worma. Welcome back to the show, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Doing well. It's getting over a bit of a uh, viral thing, so I'm going to try to not be coughing constantly. Tis the season for <clears throat> respiratory infections. Tis indeed. <laughs> so you've never done a blind listen before. No, I, I haven't. And I always enjoy them when they're on. And I feel like a little intimidated, honestly, because mm-hmm. sometimes when you guys are doing these, your, your speculative skills are impressive. You can divine things from the tracks that has always kind of impressed me, so I'm hoping I can hang. Sometimes our our um, quote-unquote impressive divinations end up being completely wrong at the yeah. end. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, but, you know, we'll but, see how it goes. Yeah, so Utopia Nemo, a former guest on the show and another longtime supporter, has submitted a soundtrack to us, and he's also submitted an audio intro that we're going to listen to first, uh, and then when we come back from that, we'll kind of explain how the show works and we'll get into the soundtrack and see what we think. So take it away, Nemo. All right, class, let's get going here. This inaugural term of VGM 701, Advanced Esoteric OSTs, is almost over, and you've all been doing really well. Even you, Ryan. What's that supposed to be? And once again, I want to thank Prime VGM Minister Ed for allowing us to use the VGM to see Summer Lounge for a temporary classroom. Your love of higher education is an inspiration for us all, right, class? Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay, but I don't want you guys to get complacent, which is why we're going to start out this morning with a pop quiz. Okay, I know. Hold on. Now, it shouldn't be that difficult for you. Messenger, if you throw that blue shell at Dyad, so help me, you'll be in the penalty box for the rest of class which is going to mean an F, zero for this assignment. Uh, See what I did there? Seriously. And Carly, that better not be a note you're thinking of passing to Alex. 
or you're going to be taking a VGM journey to detention. Fine. Nice. All right, now let's get to it. Todd, would you and Red Hua pass these packets out, please? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hey, just a punk. Did I say turn the paper over yet? Come on. Okay. All right. Now, this is going to be another blind listen format. Yes. Come on. And the OST for today is the game Sora no Furu Song. All right. Now, this game is extra obscure. So I'll allow you to buddy up with someone close to you. Yeah. Um, VGM Minister Ed, why don't you and Cam Worma work together since you've been chatting since I walked in the door? And would somebody work with Fanemeyer? Honestly, I don't know why you always have to sit so far back, Dan. And by the way, if I hear any more about Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo, so help me. Yeah. All right, Bedroth? I can help with that. Okay, thank you. All right. Now, I hope you've been studying the course material, as I've been emphasizing all term. If you can't tell wavetable synthesis from frequency modulation at this point, you're going to have some challenges going forward. To remind you, what I want to see on this quiz is genre, platform, relative area, and region if possible. Extra credit for any other accurate information you can glean from listening. All right. Now, you all have the same recordings in the same order. As per usual, I've identified them by track name only. And they're in the same order as they would appear on the soundtrack release, sound test, and or OST pack they can be found in. Okay, you can pick up your pencils and begin now. All right, wow, thank you, Nemo. That was that was actually really well produced. It was yeah. pretty impressive. It was a nice little sketch there. Yeah, um, so in case you're wondering what all that means and you haven't listened to a Blind Listen episode before, as the class groaned about in Nemo's little educational <laughs> session there, um, by the way, awesome cameos too. That was that was a lot yeah. of fun. Really cool to see like the community come together. Yeah, that was um, fun. We are listening to a soundtrack from this game, Soro no Furosen, and Cam, have you ever heard of this game before? Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> I mean, it's most people's favorite game at this Of point, course, of course, yeah. dripping with sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'd, we've never heard of this game before. We don't know anything about it. We don't know the composer. We don't know the platform, whether it's console, arcade. We don't no know idea. when it came out anything about the game at all. All we literally have to go on is the name of the game and the name of the 14 musical tracks that we're going to be listening to today. Based on these tracks, we're going to try to figure out some key details, what system it might have been on, around what time it might have come out. Mm. He said region. I mean, I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be Japanese mm -hmm. based on the mm -hmm. name. Possibly composer. Literally anything that we can come up with. Yeah. The company that might have put it out whether it's, you know, console, computer, arcade, etc. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to piece all this together. And by the time we've listened to these 14 tracks at the end, we're going to kind of uh, cement our individual or group theory. And at the end, we'll have another segment from Nemo where he will kind of pull back the curtains and let us know exactly what we've been listening to and we'll see how closely we came to The big to reveal. It. The big reveal. For all of you Discordians out there i do have a specific channel on the vg embassy server called blind listen spoilers that channel is specifically for folks that are listening to the show um i've gotten all the way through the show if you want to comment speculate talk about what you thought 
might have happened. It's a good place to put your thoughts down and share your thoughts with others so that the other listeners to the show who haven't gotten to this episode yet can uh, remain spoiler free. So take a look there if you want to chat about the show. And then eventually, you know, a couple months down the road, if anybody wants to put anything about the Blind Listen in this VG Embassy channel or the off-topic channel, you know, then that's totally fine. Give, just give everybody at least a couple weeks to listen to it. So, I think we're we're good to go for the sake of clarity. Uh, Nemo did reach out to me asking about how to send me tracks that were ripped from VGMRips.net. So, that tells me right there that this is probably sequenced music because that site is mainly FM stuff. Um, but they do have some NES, they do have some sample-based stuff, so I think it'll be pretty easy for us as video game music aficionados to tell what kind of music technology we're listening mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of already ruling out any sort of Red Book, modern, kind of streaming, yeah. CD audio style stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we'll, we'll immediately be listening to some sequenced... FM, PSG, sample-based stuff. Yeah, uh, or or you know, there are some chips out there in some systems that do both PSG and FMs at the same time, so there might be a combination of, of any of those. The first track we're going to be listening to is called Floating Object in the Sky. And to me, that sounds like maybe something from a cutscene. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking, like an intro sequence. Yeah, especially since it's at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah. We uh, haven't even gotten to gameplay yet. So let's listen to Floating Object in the Sky. When we come back, we'll have maybe some more concrete theories about what's going on here. Oh, yeah. that was floating object in the sky uh i'm i'm impressed i'm, I'm loving it so oh, far yeah. no i really dug that that was good i think we sort of agreed that initially it really kind of struck me in particular as a genesis or mega drive uh kind of sound 100 percent um, fm yeah oh uh, absolutely within the, the first couple notes it was obvious yeah with um, uh with sample based stuff going on those drums yep, are absolutely drums sure. sampled Pretty clear samples, yeah. so you know maybe not necessarily Genesis Mega Drive because right. their samples tend to be a little a less, little, a little fuzzier fidelity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be uh, uh, an arcade game. Mm -hmm. It could be something from the PC ninety eight. The YM twenty six oh eight chip has baked in drum samples that are pretty clear. 
Right. It could also be the Sharp X68000, the YM2151, and that it has a separate OKI sampler, which produces some pretty clear samples uh-huh. too. Stereo FM, and what seems like a good number of channels too. So I would absolutely rule out like the older YM2203, any of the older stuff from like the PC88, because those were pretty simple mono yeah, yeah, yeah. capable. Uh, FM chips. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need you to put be, give those details because for those <laughs> those systems, I'm not as 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 well versed. I I know a fair amount about it, those those FM chips. Um, and generally, you know, the three that I mentioned, well, the four that I mentioned there are the ones that you're going to find most often mm-hmm. in the wild, whether mm-hmm. it's on a console or an arcade machine mm-hmm. um, or a computer. So anything other than that would be a, a slight variation on any of those four right. chips. Um, or the YM2610 in the Neo Geo, but I don't. I, I know the entire Neo Geo library. This is not a Neo Geo game, so mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think we're going to listen to any 2610B stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a very rockin' kind of a tune. Yeah, upbeat, um, super upbeat. It could honestly be like an early Nobuo Uematsu track. I know his. Ooh. He's got a real good ear for 50s like rockabilly sure. stuff. Yeah. To me, it sounded like a like a, a racing a song you could race to, mm. but again, I'm not. I'm this being so early, being the first track, it's unlikely to be like a level, you know. Right? Yeah, floating object. I mean, the floating object in the sky. Almost, I was expecting to hear some sort of a slower, mysterious, yeah, like foreboding, filling or you with awe or foreboding right. kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, having a really rocking yeah. song like this was a bit of a jarring experience even though it was a fantastic song. Yeah. So, all right. So at least we know FM fairly later on in the FM lifespan yeah, of, of yeah. chips. It's right. a fairly capable FM chip. And we don't really have any other clues other than that. So maybe some of our other songs will help us out. Our next track is called Introduction to Law. So okay. maybe somebody's becoming a lawyer, passing the bar. I don't know. Again, this, this is a Japanese game, so a lot of these English titles might be transliterated from Japanese titles, so they might not be... Uh, there might be some English mm, in there. Favorite. Some we might have to take with a grain of salt. <laughs> Anyways, let's listen to Introduction to Law. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. That was Introduction to Law. And I'm puzzling a lot over this one. That one was really sexy. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. really, like, like, um, there's definitely not a lot of action happening right here. This could just be two people sitting in a room talking about, you know, a setup or, or, a, or a tutorial section or something. Right. Yeah, I'm getting, like, visual novel vibes yeah. from it. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I'm at, too. But I really like that track. It was really complex and, and, and jazzy and, I don't know, swaying to it a little bit. Yeah, I'm listening specifically to the drums because mm. I know that in the YM2608 that's usually paired with the PC-98, those baked-in drum samples, you can't really change the pitch. You've got your drum kit, and that's your drum kit, and you can't really uh -huh. tune them up or down. And I'm not hearing... Huh like dynamic snare hits. I'm not hearing changes in pitch on the snare. So I'm beginning to kind of lean towards maybe that chip, that system for this. Okay. They're kind of using those samples. Um, there, there were a couple of snare hits that were like cut short, like bup bup, mm -hmm. which is fine. You can do that yeah, on that. Yeah. There's not a lot of leeway in terms of, of uh, like I said, tuning, changing pitch, etc. So that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. It could just be that they're dumping those samples into the, you know, the YM2151 sampler and, and not modifying them much from what they've uploaded. Mm. So maybe there will be future ones in the, in, you know, that'll tell us more about that. Uh, the FM sounds it's are very, very rich. crystal clear. Yeah. yeah. There's very high-pitched, like, triangles. I'm not hearing a lot of what I might consider to be PSG sounds. It sounds pretty purely mm -hmm. FM, FM yeah. to me. And they've got some really nice sweeps at the beginning that sounded a lot to me like the Tim Fallen Time Tracks yeah, stuff. Yeah. That, that, in that intro, it does that kind of pitch up slide that sounds really smooth. Yeah. At first, it kind of sounds like a, it, I think we basically ruled out the Genesis or Mega Drive, but at first, it kind of starts sounding like that. And then it does that, that pitch slide. And it's at that point, it's like, oh, this is definitely something more sophisticated. Right, right. We're talking more, more operations per yeah. channel there. We're also, I think, maybe ruling, I don't know, because I ruled out arcade on some of the other blind listens and it ended up being an arcade game. Yeah. But this this, this sounds too slow paced. Yeah. Too much like take your time, yeah. taking the information being yeah, given to no you on way the screen. Would this be, yeah. So I don't know. I haven't completely ruled out arcade, but I'm I'm leaning more towards a Japanese PC at mm. this point. Mm. PC ninety eight, Sharp X sixty eight thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, FM Towns, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, although that had the same chip that the Genesis had in it, but still possible. Yeah. An introduction to law. So could be somebody becoming a lawyer, somebody becoming a cop, mm -hmm. somebody yeah. becoming, I don't know, some sort of, uh, somebody learning the ropes of their job. Right. Whether it even be the laws of a school teacher or, you know, whatever's going on, uh -huh. learning the rules. So. I'm also thinking it could be a scene where you're introduced to a person who is in law enforcement. You you mentioned a little oh, yeah, potential yeah. English earlier. I mean, yeah. this could be an example of introduction to the law or introduction to a law person. Sure. You know, so maybe this is where the main character meets a, a secondary character that's a cop or something right, like right. that. Or their name is Law. Like right, yeah, Tekken it has Tekken, martial law as a character. Spinoff, yeah. So it could be just somebody named Law. It could mm -hmm. be completely different. Not enough clues yet. Next track is called 
a chemical reaction of embodied magical power. So now we're introducing okay. some mystical elements. I mean, we had that floating object in the sky right, to begin right, with. Right, right. And the introduction of law sounds very kind of down to earth, very basic, but then we're now we're getting back into like Harry yeah. Potter realm here. A chemical reaction of embodied magical power. You know, let's do this. Nemo's <laughs> Nemo's classroom introduction might be actually a hint in and of itself. Yeah. We might be dealing with mm, students learning class. about magic or something mm. in this scenario. Mm. So, anyways, mm. a chemical reaction of embodied magical power. Let's hit it. A chemical reaction of embodied magical power. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory, I think. Sure, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we know exactly what game we're listening to yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm impressed with the complexity of the jazz. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I knew more about theory because there's a lot of stuff going on in there that that really strikes me as... Just very deeply, very, very interesting jazzy stuff that, again, I can't really get into the detail because theory really isn't my thing, but there's a lot happening there. Yeah. No, I agree. It's got some incredible tones. Mm. It's got some very complex percussion going on. It's got uh, some dynamic parts to kind of speed up, slow down. This feels like a song that's complex enough that you might hear it often often yeah, i think we right. both kind of hit on that around the same time yeah um it feels like more of a general gameplay style mm -hmm. track mm -hmm. but it's still so complex that i feel like it might be a visual novel kind of a thing mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't because, sound like it's action right again I, I'm, I'm right with you on that it, it feels like this is something that you're reading discussing trying to figure stuff out and uh yeah i mean i'm still leaning towards pc 98 
Um, we had we had more complex percussion here. There was snare rolls, changes in velocity in the drum hits, but still no pitch changes. Mm-hmm. So it's not doing anything that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. looking at as as impossible on the 2608 chip. Mm. So that's still in the running. Um, I'm even more convinced now that it's probably a Japanese PC game. Mm. I don't think anything beyond this is going to really sway my opinion in that. Do you have any theories that you're thinking about? Any composers that you might be familiar with that might do something like this? That first first track, I I thought of Masaharu Iwata a little bit because it had this sort of like... um, jangliness to it mm. you're talking about the object in the sky yeah 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 but after i mean everything's kind of sort of felt very much felt like it it's the same game it's not like every track is like what is this is a completely different thing i mean it it cha- it's been changing up a bit but it's it's very much sounds like it's in the same ballpark right but initially i thought maybe it might have been him or, or something like but i don't know i mean right now i don't i don't i really have no <laughs> it could be a team of composers too so you know the the 50s rock and floating object in the sky could be a different composer than the really jazzy stuff that we've been listening to for the last couple of tracks. So mm. there's that. I'm I'm not great with Japanese composers outside of like the 16 and 8-bit console yeah, eras. So yeah. going into games that were not released over here, like I'm sure this one was based on the fact that it doesn't have an English title equivalent. It's it's gonna be I'm like a shot in the dark as far as composer goes mm-hmm. for me, but I really like this one, and I'm really looking forward to what else we've got in this game. Did, were there any did did SNK develop any games for those PCs, Japanese PCs? Uh, mainly arcade ports. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they did any visual novels or anything like that, and I think any of the arcade ports to those Japanese computer systems were normally done by outsourced dev houses. Mm, mm. So, nothing direct. But it could be that a composer that worked on SNK games did work on this game and just was either in freelance mode or mm. you know, yeah. went on to, to do something else for, for Neo Geo or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that I don't know. Uh, next track we're listening to is called Haruna Harukawa 2. Ah, the sequel. The sequel to a song we have not yet heard. Let's take a listen. We'll see what we find. Thank you. 
Welcome back. That was Haruna Harakawa 2. Dos. You may be wondering what happened to one. I think we may find out later on. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, low key. Very, very chill. No percussion. No percussion. A lot of chimey percussion. Chime, I mean, there is, chime, I think, chime. percussion, but it's like bell percussion. Yeah, possibly like a triangle. I guess triangle is a per- percussion. Yeah, I mean, that was very, very chill. Very kind of spacey. I imagine even maybe playing a puzzle, you know, doing yep. doing this, a mini game or yep. something. But like anything that's a, that's kind of obscure, it could be a cutscene. And you'd mentioned, you know, that there are tracks that that are have sequels <laughs> could be because it's cutscene one, cutscene two, and so on, or something that or happens multiple such. times yeah. in different ways. I thought, you know, if it's a Japanese PC game, it could be an H scene, sexy time scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be some adult content in this game. And I was started to think about, you know, composers that did a lot of these visual novels that I'm familiar with, like Ryu Umemoto, uh, Panda, Muse, a few of those guys that have just a really, really good grasp on FM music. And this sounds like someone, if it is one person, that can mold these FM channels any which way they see fit and they're not kind of being limited by whatever uh, predisposed pack mm-hmm. tells them mm-hmm. so um, I'm going towards maybe some of the bigger names in terms of the, the more famous names in the west of these Japanese composers that worked on these mm-hmm. these PC games anything drawing you away from like a visual novel kind of a situation here? No not really I mean that's I think that's mainly where I guess I think I'm I am right now. Yeah. Is something along those lines. Something like a Ace Attorney kind of thing. Uh, I don't, maybe. Yeah. Something where there's not like a lot of action going. There's no peril yeah. involved here right, so right, far anyway. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, let's listen to the next one. The next one is Haruna Harakawa 3. So if, it, if, if we're looking at kind of an even tone here, mm-hmm. then that means these scenes are all kind of the same, but slightly different. If, if we end up with another, like, like an action-filled kind of a tune, then that's going to be a different discussion. So let's see what this next one sounds like. I imagine it's going to be hectic. Do you? I'm going the (laughs) other direction. I'm thinking it's going to be similar to this one, but different enough to give it its own feel. Let's see.
All right, that was Haruna Harukawa 3. And I don't know, I don't think it fit either of our expectations of what it might have been. No, no, I mean, my my anxiety is up a little now. Oh, after, yeah. After that one. This was a tension-building song, specifically. Much, yeah. And elongated tension, mm-hmm. that's what she said. Um <laughs> I'm I'm like fully in visual novel mode here at this point. Or if there is too. gameplay, there are definitely cutscenes where you are reading a long amount of text. Mm. Because I feel like a tension building song like this would be quicker and like have some mm. sort of a climax mm. and a cold end, if it were, a cutscene of some sort. Mm. But this is built so that you are reading through a lot of text yeah. during a tension filled time. Right. Yeah, and that, for me, it makes me think of Ace Attorney and games like that because there are tracks in in that game in particular that are clearly constructed to to kind of drone out over the course of a, of a, a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like where you'll have like one droning note and a lot of kind of like flitting notes underneath it. Yeah. And it kind of just like st- keeps, keeps at that pace through like a, a tense scene while you're reading dialogue. I can't imagine a track like this. Maybe it's for lack of imagination, but I, I can't. I'm having trouble fitting that into another scenario. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine some sort of a uh, somebody breaks into a building at night, yeah, and a sure. night watchman comes, and mm-hmm. you're hiding behind a wall, and they're about to find you, or the or the the villain is chasing you somewhere, and you found a hiding space, and they might be, you know, calling out to you, come out and play, yeah, or whatever. Sure. And you're under a table. I think the that kind of music would fit well in a scene like sure. this too. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just I just can't help but think there's dialogue happening too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some sort of text uh, on the screen yeah. at this point, and I like that. Uh, we kind of commented while we were listening to this. It doesn't build in like volume. It doesn't like intensity. Raise the like, mm-hmm. keys don't change to make you more tense. It doesn't move a lot. Yeah, there's more layers that are layered on towards the end of mm-hmm. the loop, and that's what builds the tension here. There's just more yeah. instruments doing their thing. Yeah, and you get like you said, there's like some theremin in there, wavering up and down, kind yeah. of ghost like. There's like uh, kind of almost like a harpsichord sound mm-hmm. playing a couple notes here and there. A really dissonant melody. Yeah, so there's stuff there that almost makes it a little bit spooky as well as it does filled with tension, and I don't yeah. know whether that's in, an intent of the composer mm-hmm. because there's something spooky going on mm-hmm. or whether it's just that's how they decided to build the tension in this piece. Right. So there, there are moments... Generally, I think that track is very kind of... Uh, doesn't have a lot of low end to it. It just kind of lingers there at that, you know, mid-high kind of area. And then you get that bop, 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 yep. where that, that bass comes in to kind of like maybe catch you off guard kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There's uh, a couple moments of there where it might kind of startle you a little bit mm. if you were really intensely mm. playing or, or reading what was going on on the screen. Mm. But we do have a track called Combat next yes. up. So that does imply some sort of action. There are visual novels out there that have combat in it, and you're basically just selecting your next action from a text box, right? like a turn-based RPG kind of a deal. So based on what we hear here, maybe we can make a decision on what kind of gameplay we're looking at in terms of combat. I think this is going to throw us for a loop. Let's, let's we'll see. Out. Yeah, let's find out.
that was combat um and i i i, I buy it <laughs> i buy it as, as some kind of uh intense conflict whether it's figurative combat or or mind games or something <laughs> yeah it could be i mean that could be anything the game the game breaks away from its story to a, a scene where there's some kind of uh, whether it's hand-to-hand combat or like c- car combat or are they pulling out swords or? right right this is you know obviously a, a a part of the game that demands the player's attention mm. and probably a lot of that attention for some sort of quick action going on whether it's like I said, a, a text-based visual novel-style fight scene, or whether there's some actual, you know, you controlling the player character in real time kind of a deal. Uh, I think this is uh, a great combat tune. I, I think it's got a lot of yeah. energy to it. Mm-hmm. It's got some weird dissonant parts. There's those kind of like mm-hmm. twinkly sounds that you get that like feel like you're inside a computer, mm-hmm. but then there's some other kind of like uh, like techno house stabs that sometimes are dissonant and sometimes actually are in tune with yeah. the rest of the song. Yeah. So it makes me feel like you're the things that you're fighting or the thing that you're fighting is a little strange. It's not right. just two people fighting right, each other. Right, There's right. an element of kind of weirdness yeah. to yeah, this yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Streets of Rage soundtrack and Yuzo Koshiro. I kind of yeah. feel that with this yeah. one too. It's got that... This fits right in there with that kind of contemporary electronic music that Streets of Rage had. Not that I'm not that I'm suggesting that this is a beat 'em up. I think it's probably not. Right. But that's what that vibe is to me. No, I agree. I, I don't think it's Yuzo Koshiro. No, no, no. But I think that there's some maybe influence there, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, great techno beat, boom, 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 yeah. the whole way through. Great use of uh, techno sounds and layering. There's a lot of layers here. Mm. Also makes me think that there's probably not a lot of sound effects in the game yeah, itself. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, usually when there's a lot of like thunderous sounds or spell sounds or whatever, you'll have more of a minimalistic kind of a soundtrack uh, just to make space for those extra sounds, whether it be that they need the actual channels for the sound effects or it just gets too busy you know, with, with robust sound effects along with robust mm. music. So I'm... I'm Firmly, kind of in PC ninety eight territory mm. with this. I'm wondering if, if, if being a uh, you know like a, a pretty exclusively you know a, a very Japanese sort of centric uh, system, there'd be some games with you know they, they there's a lot of games from there that are like uh, kind of an obscure like a board game or something, but there's a narrative built around it, mm, you know? Okay. Like, like there'll be, there'll be some, there'll be some dialogue and there'll be like some story developing and then it cuts away. And now it's, it's a top down view of a table where you're, you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're moving pieces around. And so it could be, you know, something you would not expect to be story based, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I can follow you there, which could be, maybe it's a card game. Maybe it's, maybe the combat is like, Figurative, or it's it's not direct combat in the way we might be thinking. Yeah, kind of a kind of a deck building kind of fighting fighting yeah. game. Um, okay. There's, I mean, there's like so many of these yeah. visual novels that were released in Japan. Mm. A lot of them did kind of try to break away from the mold a little bit to set themselves apart from all the other visual novels out there. Right. So it could be something like that. I don't know, but I think we should move on to our next one, which is a more civilized form of combat. Of We've got dueling coming up next. So it's a you know, I don't 
think that these might necessarily take place one after another in the game, but they're just kind of grouped together in the soundtrack because they're both for a similar kind of gameplay element or situation. So let's give a listen to Dueling. Right, we're listening to Dueling from Sora, no, Fudoasan from Mystery System, Mystery Year, Mystery Composer, mm. here on this Blind Listen episode of the VG Embassy. Cameron, thoughts? Uh, I, I think there's a similarity. Obviously, the, the, the genre shifts from combat to dueling, right? You, you kind of noted that, that combat was more techno kind of beat sort yeah. of thing and this is clearly more of a rock track i think like the the tempo is 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 the same or similar so like one could follow the other if there's a if there's some sort of like battle royale or yeah something. yeah the tempo is the same but i think it does feel less intense mm-hmm. i think the techno is a bit more driving um yeah. this one almost seems like it could be considered halftime if it mm-hmm. if it was the same bpm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there also are still little bleeps and bloops of what you would consider electronic music in with the standard rock kit, drums right, and bass right. and guitar. Some kind of Tim Fallen vibes there a little bit. Maybe that's why Nemo chose this. There's a little Perhaps. bit of echoes of some of the stuff that he did on his one FM piece for mm-hmm, Time Tracks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. It's for dueling. It might... You know, we immediately think of, like, fencing or something like that, where it's a very kind of civilized, almost more of a game of chess than it is an actual combat mm-hmm. scenario. But this one has kind of an element of cool, slick style to it. Kind of a like a, a little bit of a badass kind of vibe. Yeah. Like, uh, like the- it could be even, like, dueling vehicles of some kind. You're really stuck on this car stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that, that keeps popping into my mind. I've, in my in my head, I'm also thinking like of a boat eliminator duel. Thing, okay. You know? Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I, I can I can. See I don't want to get too off track though, because 
you know, let's 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 pick a trajectory. <laughs> yeah, I think that if it were a duel, it is kind of a maybe an arena style situation where there's it's two combatants, but there's a crowd. There are set rules. And it's stylish action, like mm. Devil May Cry style characters kind of doing their thing, but also looking badass while they're doing it. And it's mm. not two kids like pew pewing at each other yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. We do have that chemical reaction of embodied magical power track. There is magic in this world. It's not a straight up like this is yeah, Earth and an anime same. version of Earth kind of a deal. Right. Um, e- even if it is Earth, there are more powers available to these characters than there are in our real world. So this combat and this dueling could be of any form. Right. You know, mechs, magical, arcane stuff. I don't know. Well, they're, they're, they're clearly making a distinction between combat and dueling. So combat... It, being that there's one called dueling, combat, to me, I can't help but think that that involves a group or something that ultimately gets whittled down to the final two people. Yeah, yeah. Or combat's just like the level where you're just sure. beating a bunch of yeah. henchmen or right. minor enemies. Yep. And then dueling would be like the boss of that level mm-hmm. where you are. It's right. a one-on-one kind of a deal. Right. Yeah. And, and and again, you know, these could be Japanese titles that are just translated into English. So mm-hmm. it might be boss battle or one-on-one fight and the English translation system just turned it into dueling and it might not be an accurate representation of what that level is. Right. And then uh, there's the next track. So <laughs> let's, yeah. see what this, let's see what happens now. Jelly beans and milk. I it Sure. Jelly yeah. beans and milk. Um, Seems like the next logical step. Of course, after you have, after you win your duel, mm-hmm. you sit down for a nice meal of jelly beans and Or you milk. just get showered in milk and have jelly beans oh, thrown at you. God. Like confetti. I quit. That's where I would just turn the game off. Anyways, all right, let's take a listen to it. We'll be right back. was jelly beans and milk uh so um that was pretty much what i anticipated some kind of levity in what's otherwise a pretty intense sort of game intense mixed with chill but yeah but always kind of on a more serious, serious note yeah down to earth tone right 
and, not, I, and I say down to earth as in not silly, not necessarily right, right, like right, earthbound. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, we both kind of thought to ourselves, this is going to be the, 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 the quote unquote goofy song yeah, out of the soundtrack yeah. where there's some sort of comedic relief in there uh-huh. to kind of bring things mm-hmm. out a little bit, brighten things up. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about the that that typical anime girl with pigtails yeah. and yeah. striped knee socks and <laughs> la 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 that kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like that kind of fits with this. Again, it's not it's not so super silly that it's like a song that you'd find Goofy. like Poyo yeah. Poyo or something like right, that. Right, right. But it, it, as compared to what we've heard so far, yeah, this one has got kind of a childish quality, whimsy to it. Yeah, childish, right? I mean, maybe it's it's like a little kid with a lollipop. Or literal jelly beans with a, you know, spilling milk or something. (laughs) Or maybe it's got absolutely nothing to do with any of that, and it's a shooter. (laughs) Who knows at this point? It could just be like a a character has a weird dream, and things are silly, but it's still, they're still performing some sort of an action. Yeah. You know, it's easy to overthink these things, because you can kind of fit any song into any scenario Mm. if you modify enough things to make it fit. But, you know, I really do think that, we're still talking about a visual novel kind of a thing here, where at least the majority of the game is visual novel. Mm-hmm. And this is just a comedic style thing. Mm-hmm. It could be a character that you bump into multiple times during the game. And this, this is, is the theme. song that plays yeah. when they are right. in the scene. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, we're also past the halfway point in terms of our soundtrack here. So of 14 tracks total, this would be track number eight. Nemo did eliminate a couple of tracks from the soundtrack just because we've done episodes of these blind listens where people have given me like 20 something Mm. tracks and it's just taken way too long to get through the show um so i don't think he took out too many i think it was only two or three tracks total so there might be some gaps in storyline here or there that may or may not impact you know the how we how we perceive the game um but i trust him not to have removed anything that was extremely pertinent to the plot or to the to the soundtrack in general so yeah i think jelly beans and milk doesn't necessarily mean there are jelly beans and milk in the game i think it's just kind of a euphemism for silly kid stuff right here's your lighthearted moment yeah here's your song for it next one coming up is the first in the three the prequel uh, yeah the the haruna harukawa (laughs) trilogy yeah Uh, we listened to two and three now we're going to listen to haruna harukawa one
right, that was Haruna Harukawa 1 played out of order. Well, out of numerical order in the soundtrack. I don't know why it might play in a different numerical order in the game yeah. itself. Um, but when you take these three songs in this Haruna Harukawa series, it seems like they increase in intensity between 1, 2, and 3. This was, I think, the most chill of the Haruna songs. Agreed. But that 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 build of intensity is is kind of null and void though when you when you throw them out of order. Correct. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> like the prog- you don't have that progression anymore. So, but you're right. I I definitely agree with that. Unless these Haruna scenes appear randomly, and for some reason this is just the order that they are huh. in. I don't know. I mean, again, we're we're changing yeah, the game. I know we're, theoretical yeah, rules to right. fit our narrative here. Right. So uh, I I don't know. I do like this one. Like you said, it. When we were listening to it, it's got kind of a bossa nova groove with a little bit of jazziness to it. There's mm-hmm. some like rim shot percussion, some snaps, mm-hmm. some very laid back vibes here. Very much so. Any idea where this might, or theories about what this might be? I mean, more dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, agreed. That's just, it's inevitable at this point. Haruna Harukawa might be a person. Right. And it might be a central figure in the story, girlfriend, love interest, something like that. And mm-hmm. and your attitude towards them might dictate what kind of music is playing in the background when you're discussing things mm. with them. Again, you know, not not a lot to go on here. These these song titles are not they're kind of metaphorical in a sense, mm-hmm. it seems sometimes. So it's it's difficult to really get a, a good right. grasp on, you know, it's not like journey to this particular city or fight yeah. against Gandalf right. or whatever. Yeah. It's like generic. Yeah. Do we have any sort of guarantee that this is the order in which you hear them in the game? Um, well, Nemo did not change the order. We know that. Mm-hmm. And he said, it is the order that you find them on the soundtrack. And I think he did mention okay. something about it being the order in the game. Although, you know, it's from VGM Rips. So mm. if there was no official soundtrack released for the game, they will order the songs in the order that you would find them in the game. If there is an official soundtrack, even if that official soundtrack puts the songs out of order, they will match the order from the official soundtrack. So... It could be a yes or a no. I find it unlikely that this game probably had an official soundtrack. Right. So I would say it's probably in order of, of, of the game. But again, I don't know why that would mean that this would be, you know, two, three, one in terms yeah. of these Haruna Harukawa songs. Right. So there's a lot of conjecture there. Sure. I'm not sure this one is any more suggestive than the others about what's happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I take it as like a, a casual conversation. I don't mm-hmm. feel any... Uh, sense of danger here. I don't feel any trepidation. I don't feel any negative emotions. I feel like it's a lazy yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just hanging out, having some coffee, talking about stuff, meeting somebody at a cafe for yeah. a, a quick snack, catching up with a friend. Lo-fi beats to study to style, you know? Right, yeah. There's not much going on. Uh, the next one might have some emotion to it, though. It's called Immediate Departure. Mm. So that might have some tension. Somebody's got to leave really quickly. Mm-hmm. Somebody's very sad. Somebody's going away. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in this next one that has a, a like a plot point to right. it, which is something we've kind of been searching for in this Absolutely. soundtrack the whole time. Yep. So I'm curious what Immediate Departure sounds like. Well, let's give it a whirl.
And that was immediate departure. Definitely a an intense situation. Something just happened. Whether it was a person leaving or somebody noticed someone was missing or something happened that forced everybody to peace out of there immediately. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how, you know, the potential for sad emotions and stuff. I didn't feel mm. any of that here. Mm, mm. Um, I feel like there might be some stealth going on. Maybe yeah, you're, you got to get out of this building because there have been some interlopers mm. looking for you and now you've got to get out without being seen. I love the bass line and yeah. the, the drums and bass in this track are so really groovy good. and so like, I don't know, James Bond style stuff yeah. going on. I really, really liked that. And just little little stabs of like, there's a little bit of flute and a little mm. bit of like that digital stuff going on. And there was a lot of intrigue, I think is the best way I can describe this one. Yeah, I got a lot of that, that triangle happening that really reminded me of a Tim Fallon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely an intensity to whatever is going on here that Haruna Harakawa 1 did not have. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming that was that, that preceded this one. Uh, again, it's more dialogue of a, a little more shifty kind of nature. Yeah. I, I mean, I could also feel this as being like kind of a first person dungeon crawly kind of a segment where like you're moving up, moving left, moving right, you know, trying to figure out uh, how to get yeah, through this yeah, maze navigating, of uh, whatever it is to, to leave this area that you're in maybe you've been kidnapped and you've you know gotten free from your restraints and you're kind of like scooting out of the building or something like that jump jumping into a locker as people walk by (laughs) yeah right and yeah still text-based dialogue on the screen but less conversation and more like Mm. what do you do like Mm -hmm. choose your own adventure get yourself out of here kind of a deal Mm. and uh and, and it's fun it's it's great i love we were talking about instrumentation we were like briefly talking about Tim Fallon's ability on the uh, Time Tracks soundtrack to manipulate instruments to sound like their real life counterparts. And I think this composer has a not as good of a grasp, yeah. but a very good grasp on that as yeah. well. Like using appropriate sounds in appropriate ways mm-hmm. that they'd be used in a real life analog. Right. I mean, Tim Fallon just always comes up as an example because he's like the example. But you know, you you make these tones, these synths and the various sounds, you make them sound like they're being played by human hands. Mm-hmm. And like you've pointed out with the uh, most of the percussion we've heard so far, it sounds like it's mostly just kind of cut and paste as is bank of, of, of sounds that are just plugged in without, without really any means to manipulate them. Right. And because these songs are so complex and we, we, we hear the manipulation that's going on and the way the instruments are done, these, this composer or these composers clearly have that ability. So it, I agree with you that it sounds like that the percussion just doesn't have that feature, that right. function. Yep, yep, agreed. And I did you know, mention guys like Panda and Muse who have written their own sound drivers or are part of an organization where the sound drivers were written specifically for them. And I feel mm. like this is that kind of a scenario where mm. these guys just program as they go and they're not just entering notes willy-nilly into right. a system there there's actually some live element of performance there mm-hmm. that can directly translate into sequenced vgm music yeah um because a lot of this would be too complicated to do yep. just by a5 a6 sustain mm. you know that sometimes kind of you got to let composers be composers yeah exactly you know, and and leave the other stuff to the the programmers right or if you're a programmer to program a system that lets you perform right. the way you exactly. want to yeah so 
I think that's on the right track as far as what we're looking at here. The next one could be a very, as perilous <laughs> as this track yeah, sounded. Right. The next one is called 100 Meter Dash on a tightrope at an altitude of 100 meters. Uh-huh. So you're 100 meters up doing a dash on a tightrope. I'm, I'm imagining this to be a little, this is figurative. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe, yeah. We shall see. All right, so 100 meter dash on a tightrope. At an altitude of 100 meters, let's hit it. This certainly sounds like you might be doing a 100-meter dash on a tightrope at an altitude of 100 meters. Uh, That was a great track. It was extremely tense. And again, you know, before we broke for the song, you were talking about whether this might be a figurative kind of a thing or whether it's you're literally doing this in the game. And I think it could be either. Sure. I love the, you were talking about like break beady style mm. percussion. And I think that kind of fits here. I think as, as far as this composition software would allow them to do it, they were trying to go for like a, like a break beat style mm. drum thing. Hectic. Based on, yeah, based on that combat song where it was more of a techno, I feel like the composer's probably well-versed in different types of electronic music and techno and oh, stuff. Yeah. So that yeah. they might've been going for that feel with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What uh, What are your thoughts on it? I'm, you know, I, I don't think it's literal jelly beans and milk. So I'm... <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to not take any of these tracks at face... Not, well, not any of them. But some of these I just don't take at face value. You know? Yeah, yeah. It just um, seems like a really <clears throat> specific kind of it does, title. But it could be, like I was, I was mentioning, I, I'm, I'm envisioning maybe some something flight-related where... You know, Luke shooting the torpedoes into the into the Death Star. You know, just like a straight run, like a like, mm-hmm. a, like a mad dash t- to the goal while you're being pursued. You know, or, or something like a threading the needle high up. You're on a rail. And you're, yeah, and you're, and you're you've got a, a, an objective. And a really intense situation. You've got where to you're get traveling it, in a straight line. Whatever it is, you've got to get it done now. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know. But I mean, there's been nothing so far that's led me to think that there's there's a aircraft or or flight happening. Yeah, and nothing to really uh, clue us in as to whether or not these song titles are metaphorical or not either. Like we literally don't know enough to know, you know, embodied magical power. But then you're also doing a hundred meter dash on a tightrope. Mm. Floating object in the sky sounds pretty. That doesn't sound figurative. It could be a cloud, for right, all we know. Sure, like, yeah. again, there's is just... There's something happening 
aloft. It's so vague. <laughs> yeah, right. but there's something up there. We've had yeah. a, we've got a, a couple things that clue us into yeah. something happening up there. You know, this this actually does. I said before that this probably didn't have an official soundtrack, but now I'm kind of thinking that it might because these song titles, if a game doesn't have an official soundtrack, generally the song titles are just where they play in the game. Mm. So it would be up to the person who ripped the soundtrack to give the music the names. And they would normally say Harajuku Station or, you know, Classroom or something. It would be like the physical location of where you hear it. Mm -hmm. When you get these kind of weird metaphorical titles, it's usually because that's what the composer named them. Yeah. And it and and these packs on VGM rips would be named for in in order of and named yeah. for the official soundtrack. So tracks on an album, right? So I'm changing my stance on this to say that these are probably what were on the official soundtrack release. That might clue me into the fact that maybe it is a bigger composer name, somebody well enough known that having a a physical CD for this soundtrack would be a you know a viable thing at least in Japan obviously not here in North America but that also kind of puts us more in the dark about what the songs are titled because they could be like you said very figurative yeah. and not necessarily named for where they appear in the game but there's a there's a I wonder if that 100 meters is operative in some way it's a 100 meter dash at an altitude of 100 meters so it's a square, basically. Right. 100 meters yeah. up, 100 meters right. forward, right. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's not like a terribly long distance. If you were in a jet plane or something, you'd probably be no. going yeah. miles right. instead yeah. of yeah. meters. Right. I don't know. I am I am just as confused as I was about this game as I was when we listened to the first track. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that we have a pretty good idea of the genre of game being visual novel and the system of the game i'm gonna say pc98 do you have any other thoughts at this point about no, what else it might be no as far as that goes i'm I, i'm pretty on board with that you know a lot more about that stuff than i do but what i what what i have heard in the past and the other episodes you've done of focusing on those types of systems it fits right in with with that stuff so yeah i mean i definitely settle on that with you okay cool <laughs> Maybe this Wonder Beater Dash didn't go so well because yeah. the next track is called Big Mistake. Things seem, seem to go wrong every so often in this game. Yeah, yeah, and we're also coming towards the end of the soundtrack too, mm -hmm. so maybe this is that kind of twist in the plot yeah. where things yeah. suddenly get a lot more intense than they were before. Not that a 100 meter dash up in the sky is not right. intense or anything. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's listen to Big Mistake and we'll come back and give our thoughts.
Big Mistake from Sora no Fuduo-san, released in the mid-90s for the PC-98. I'm, I'm pretty certain about that. Absolutely certain about that. Good, I like your... I'm I 100% like your... certain about that. That's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> By, I don't know what composer, but like I said, I mentioned those three big names, Umamoto, Panda, Muse. I'm giving a good chance it's one of those three, but I don't know... Beyond that, visual novel. This one's creepy AF. Yeah. What'd you think about it? Something went wrong. Something that's just off right now in the development of the story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the big mistake is indicative of something bad has happened to the protagonist through their own devices. Mm. So I don't know what that could be, but it gives me a little more hint that this is definitely more of a intense story than just like an action game. Not that we were really going right. in along those lines anyway. Oh, yeah. the, the, the tone, the mood is, is always moving. And it feels, again, fantastic drum work. Oh yeah. Very cool bass line. Weird, mysterious kind of lead instruments coming yeah. in and out. Lots of really unique sounds that I haven't heard yeah. a lot in FM world. Right, right. Some like really kind of ghostly boo-boo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Come in, come in, come in, and then come back out again. All of these songs are kind of designed to make you feel really uncomfortable, really yeah, tense, right. really anxious about things, coupled with some really forward momentum action. But I'm not getting a lot of positive, heroic stuff here. No. Like, your protagonist is not confident. Mm -hmm. They're always in peril. They're always trying to get out of whatever situation they're in. And there's no, like, dun-da-da-da, like, going yeah. to beat the boss. And, right, like, right. I've got this. Everybody mm -hmm. behind me, let's charge. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting any of that from this soundtrack at all. So I'm going with, there is some sort of magic, but the protagonist is kind of thrust into this situation involuntarily. Yeah. It's not a heroic knight gone off to beat the dragon to get the princess or right. anything like that this is like a it strikes me as kind of like a peak conflict like third act you know like it, everything is sort of coming to a head and it's about to kind of resolve you know or we're, we're close to it sure i mean the next track is called last magic mm. so i mean when and we've only got two more tracks left so i'm, I'm assuming uh this last or this penultimate track is going to be a final battle, a climax of some sort, and our last track will, might be the ending credits roll or something like that. So this might be, this this last magic track might be the last gameplay-oriented tune that we're going to be yeah, listening to. Final battle or something. Yeah, exactly. So last magic coming up next.
So that was Last Magic. Hmm. That really... I have a vivid idea, like, in my head. Uh, the militant sort of nature of that song and that, that droning note, like you were just you were saying, really makes me think there someone is planning the final move. Right. There's a larger organization at work here. Right. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other tracks seem to... At least to me, both in title and in sound, kind of pointed me towards a lone protagonist, not very confident. This one's got that swagger, mm-hmm. that military might kind of, uh, finally we've gathered our forces, it's, it's we've gathered our resources. This. Yeah, this is where we're going to finally beat the big bat or whatever it is. Mm. And I don't know, for me, it doesn't really jive with the sound of the rest of the soundtrack. Nope, not really. This is something like, it was funny, when when you popped over, we were talking with Mila about uh, Game of Thrones, and you, you talked mm-hmm. about where suddenly the whole situation changed during a big battle, yeah. and like something happened out of the ordinary, yeah. and there was a big difference. And mm-hmm. this kind of almost feels like that, maybe uh-huh. not directly from Game of Thrones, but like something happens that changes the landscape of the game. Yeah. And what that is, I don't know, but it sounds like there's some sort of a force of soldiers some sort of steadiness comes to the heroic side of the game and now there's the confidence in this Mm -hmm. song right right with the snare rolls and stuff like that to Mm -hmm. finally go and get it those long drawn out chords that are like rolling in the background there do not waver and they don't sound like Mm -hmm. they're unsure of themselves Mm -hmm. it just sounds like this is the get behind me in charge kind of a thing yeah but leading up to the charge not the charge itself right the planning of the charge, I think. It right, sounds like right, exactly. The, the strategy. Like getting into formation or, yeah, mm-hmm. building that strategy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Any final thoughts as we get into our last track about what this game might be about? Well, this was definitely a great, you know, selection for a blind listen because there's just, there's nothing indicating. <laughs> it, it keeps you on your toes. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you could guess, you can make a guess in any direction and be, the, the odds it could be anything. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty much thinking it's, it's very narrative based, lots of dialogue, a lot of mood changes. You know, it sounds like there might be a few character themes in there. So maybe characters that appear often, um, yeah, which would be on par for a visual yeah, novel. Exactly, yeah. So I think we're on the right track there. Yeah, I think so too. I think in terms of of gameplay style, hmm. I think visual novel is kind of nailed. Yeah. I think in terms of uh, music technology, I think PC ninety eight YM twenty six oh eight sound chip. Uh, I'm very confident in that. You seem to be following in my confidence. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And and did you not do an episode, a PC98 episode? It might have even been Pixel Tunes. It was towards the end of the Pixel Tunes radio. Yeah, where you yep. did, you did like, it was bo- mostly all adult games, because that's essentially all it's Essentially all there is on that yeah, system, yeah. yeah. Which is why I was thinking that some of those Haruna Harukawa songs might be, right. uh, you know, hentai scenes or something like that. Right. So nice. just because they're so ubiquitous on that, it's it's hard to come across a game that doesn't have that kind of content I mean, in it. Jelly beans and milk could be some kind of <laughs> oh, euphemism God. we haven't explored yet. Get out of my basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, th- that, that could be very true. Uh, let's listen to the last track and then we'll shore up our final opinions. And uh, Nemo has also given us a final audio recording Ooh. that will supposedly reveal all. We'll find out. So the next one and the last one is called Exile to the West. 
our last track of the show from Sora no Fuduosan that was Exile to the West and uh, Sleepy Tune at the end at least it's got a very music box lullaby Mm -hmm. kind of feel Mm -hmm. I didn't expect a song talking about you know Exile to sound like this it was definitely an ending song unless it's like a voluntary exile where you're happy to be exiled escaping to safety or something oh okay okay you know maybe a lot of these stealthy songs are because you're escaping some sort of a Mm. compound country state Mm. government and whatever it is that's oppressive and you Mm. finally exiled yourself to freedom Mm -hmm. or pissed off the bad guys enough that they send you away and they're like never come back right Enjoy your freedom, you jerks. Yeah, or 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 you've exiled the the villain. Yeah, to the west. You know, I guess go bother the Americans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you exiled this person to New York, where they have to live out their days, living in uh, exile in in the city somewhere. Yeah, right. They're a jerk, but they'll just fit in with everybody there. (laughs) No one will notice them there. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like as an ending song, it's really low key for the military buildup in Last yeah. Magic. I expected more of a heroic kind of a fanfarish mm. style ending tune, but instead got something that was like very mild, very mm. good, but mm. very mild. So it just kind of goes to show you that even at the end of the soundtrack, it's still throwing us curveballs. There's yeah. no... There's just not enough information to really get a good grasp on no. what's going on. No. All right. So my my final theory is that you are a hapless protagonist thrown into a situation beyond your control. It takes place in modern times, but there's also magic. So it's kind of mystical, whatever, but yeah. it also takes place on Earth in cities or whatever. And I'm basing that on the fact that we've got some magical imagery in the titles of the songs but we've also got some techno some jazz some like you know Shin Megami Tensei persona style Hmm. music in here that kind of indicates that it's very earthly we're not looking at you know Lord of the Rings style music or anything going on mixed with that kind of weirdness so there's some sort of invasive force or extra extraness to this kind of down-to-earth world that we're looking at that gives it some extra fantastical abilities there's some sort of an ending where you are teamed up with a military force and the end is kind of romantic maybe like maybe there is a a a love maybe it is that haruna harukawa maybe you get together at the end etc yeah also so pc98 uh visual novel style um, I'm looking at a big, more well-known name as far as a composer goes. I threw yeah. out Umamoto, I threw out Panda, <clears throat> I threw out Muse. One of those three, possibly. Um, or, another, or another name I might recognize. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I have. Oh, in mid-90s, um, I'm looking at that because, like, post-Streets of Rage. It's got some of that Koshiro oh, yeah. techno influence there. So it's not. it's going to be like 90, 96 or later is my theory yeah um what about you any no i mean still sticking to the you know heavy heavy on the narrative i still can't shake the idea that there's something happening in the air 
Like there's, you can feel it calling in the air tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if what terminology that's used in some of these tracks, if how much of it is figurative and how much of it is literally right out of the right. game. Yeah. Good point too. And how, and also how the, the combat and the dueling fits in. Like that's, I'm really curious about that too. We might not get all these answers yeah, by the end of right, the show, right. <laughs> but you know, Nemo does have a reveal that we're going to play now. Can't wait to hear how the, the class how well they did. Uh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, let's listen to Nemo as he reveals what this game was all about. We'll see whether our guesses were correct. If you're guessing, uh, listeners, how close did you get? I'm really curious to hear about that, too. Again, you can post all of that in the uh, Blind Listen Spoilers channel on the VG Embassy Discord. And uh, all right, let's get to it. Okay, and time. <clears throat> Put down your pencils and let's go over the answers. Metal Man and Carlos, would you two please pick up the test and put them on my desk? Yes. Okay, while they're doing that, I wanted to let Alex, Carly, Metal Man, The Dyad, Ryan Steele, Phantom Iron, Todd, Shukapow, Bedroth, and of course Kung Fu Carlito know that I graded those extra credit field recordings you sent me and you all get A++. Yes. Yes. Excellent work, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the name Sora no Fudousan is, of course, Japanese, and it roughly translates to empty floating property, or if you use Google, empty floating assets. <laughs> anyway, I'm assuming that most of you figured out by the track titles that this game is a doujin visual novel. Uh, I didn't violate any administrative rules with that one, Prime VG Minister. Uh, better to beg for forgiveness than ask permission, right? <clears throat> Uh, However, anyway, the twist here is that this game is actually marketed for all ages. So those of you who are hoping for some steamy adults-only fare, sorry to disappoint. Hmm. The story is set in the near future where magic has been discovered and is subject to endless bureaucracy and regulations. The game centers around a stupid gag in which a woman's house gets accidentally moved and rotated by magic. I think. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. I'm sure you can all tell the OST is FM synthesis with some nice sampling. So those of you who guessed the YM2151, you get five extra points. Oh, yes. So oh. this one came out for the X68000 back in 2004, which is pretty late for that platform. The composer is Hiroyuki Mizuno, who's only credited with about five similarly obscure visual novels. Oh. Bummer, considering the awesome work he did here, right? Uh-huh. Okay. We're gonna get into the textbook now, but first... Oh my, how time flies. Okay, I guess we'll tackle that textbook next week. Enjoy the weather out there and be safe all. And remember, there's no Bassie like the VG Embassy, right? Boom. You were right, I mean, there were some details there that weren't quite right but for a blind listen that's pretty good yeah i feel like um i I was actually really surprised it was not the pc 98 Mm. i think i overestimated or underestimated the sample qualities of the sharp x68000 sound hardware for sure Mm. because i really did feel like those baked in samples from the pc 98 yeah so um, that was like the that was the one thing that you were that was really cluing you into that I think, the most. Yeah, the percussion for sure. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> it's possible they use the same percussive samples that were on the twenty six oh eight chip, you know, in in the and they they just uploaded them into the the twenty one fifty one 
sound system. Mm. But that's cool. I mean, so I I was pretty close with definitely visual novels, so we had that down. I called it with the earthly setting Mm -hmm. with magic. Mm -hmm. So I had that down, which I was very impressed with. The fact that it was not a uh, you know adult oriented game kind of surprised me, but bit, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't totally convinced on that to right. begin with. I said a couple of those might yeah. have been some H scenes, but I didn't sense. really hear a lot of that really steamy sensual stuff that you would get, yeah. you know, that played during those scenes. Nothing in the track titles that's overtly suggestive. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, there's probably not an English translation of this game, so it really wouldn't be possible for us to kind of play through it. Anyway, so there's got to be something on YouTube or something like that. Um, for a lot of these, usually not. Usually, what you can do is you know get a translation app on your phone and you take a picture of the screen or you hold it up to the screen and it'll mm. translate the text for you. Mm. And you can kind of use that to play it. But for a lot of these, because there's so much text, there's a bunch where people just have not right. gotten to it yet to go through and translate it, or there just hasn't been enough call for it to be translated. And the composer, too, I was surprised that it was kind of a, a relatively obscure composer. What do you say? He did five other? Yeah, he said about four or five other visual novels. Visual novels. But obviously, you know, nothing that came out in the West, nothing that was like a traditional kind of a video game or anything of that sort. Oh, and Nemo, to answer your question, yeah, visual novels are absolutely acceptable for mm. blind listens. Um, like I said, it was one of my first guesses right off the bat, so it's not like I was ex- excluding them to begin with or anything like that. But <laughs> there will be other blind listens in the future, and I'm not, you know, I don't want everybody to just start sending me <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Japanese right, right. visual novel yeah, games. That's, that's all because, you're going to get Because now. there's a lot that I don't know, but it would get kind of, you know, uh, predictable after a while. Oh, it's another FM song. I wonder which Japanese computer this one was for. Um, but I'm I'm interested in you know checking this out, checking out some graphics, you know, just to yeah. see what kind of visuals accompany these tunes, and um, to kind of get a little bit more knowledge about what this game is is all about. This was this was really fun. I had a great time. Yeah, there's some great music. I would I never it, have yeah. thought to check this soundtrack out. Yeah, I w- I, I'm curious to check out this composer's other works because oh, true, they yeah, clearly have a, a a very solid grasp of their their. I would bet they're they're you know trained at least trained jazz musicians, right? Classically, yep. Classical background. Perhaps. This may have just been a side job to make some extra money yeah. in between gigs, you know, playing in a real jazz band or mm-hmm. uh, composing for more commercial entities, mm-hmm. TV, music, movies, something like that. Mm-hmm. Because the there's enough talent here where it's like this isn't this person's like hobby, right? <laughs> they they know their stuff, right? For sure. Man, um, so thank you, Nemo. And thank you, everyone else who contributed to that little segment at, at the beginning and the yeah. end there. That was really, really cool to see, like, the entire community Yeah, it was cool together. to hear everybody. And uh, it was all done behind my back, completely <laughs> unaware. So that was very, very cool. Speaking of the community and all of my patrons, I'd like to thank you guys for your immense amount of support over the years as we roll towards episode 100 if you want to find out the track list, more about the game, more about the composers, you can go over to thevgembassy.com. And uh, on that website, you can comment on the post of this show if you want to tell me more about what you think about the show, what you thought about the game, and what you thought about the soundtrack. And there's also a Discord widget on the side of the page where you can join our wonderful Discord and hang out with lots of our patrons and listeners, folks like Nemo, folks like Cam, 
folks like a lot of the names that you heard during Nemo's little classroom segments there. Uh, I'd like to thank Indira J for the art and Dread, a.k.a. Trevin Hughes, for the podcast theme song. And also all of our Patreon patrons at the tourist level, Cameron Childs and the Phantom Meyer, our BGM Asiri tier, Periodical, Chris Murray, Chris Myers, Ganon11, Keyglyph, Kyle Kroll, The Dyad, Professor Tom, our audio attache members, Camera Worma. Camera, Camera Worma. Yeah. Cameron Worma, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Carlos, Muddle Madness, and Scott McElhone. And our special agent, Ryan Steele. You guys are awesome. You're not- awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not sure what to do about the VGM primetime for this episode. Um, I might do something different, like a playlist of some cool chip tunes or something mm. like that. Um, but keep a lookout for that, patrons. And in two weeks, we'll be back with a holiday-oriented embassy exclusive. Yeah, we're not doing a Christmas episode this year because we're so close to the episode 100. I'm trying to putting all of my creative juices into our 100th episode. So uh, we'll we'll do a holiday embassy exclusive, and then we will go from there. And that'll be a lot of fun. Cam, thanks for hanging out with me. This was a blast. Totally. Thanks for having me. I've always wanted to do one of these. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed submitting games and listening to, to people figure it out, but it's nice to be on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, and I, I thought originally that we did do one together, but I was remembering that uh, Scourge Hive yeah, episode yeah, that we did, yeah. and because it was a single game focus, yeah. I right, right, s- right, right, transposed right, right, that in my head yeah. as being that a blind a listener one. instead of yeah, that, that was, was a great episode. Um, and I, I think I told you, Jake Hoffman actually listened yeah. and had yeah. a really good time listening yeah. to it, too. So that was fun. Anyways, thanks again, and we will see you guys in two weeks with an embassy exclusive. Stay awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>